Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hi-ho, everybody. Welcome back to Disney Plus Us, just another world's Disney Plus podcast where each week we take a look at another piece of content on that there Disney Plus streaming service. As always, I'm your host, Griffin Tonell, and we've got a pretty cool episode this week. We are talking about The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and, well, I think Rob would have killed me if I didn't bring him on this show. You think correct. Yeah, what, what hurts me is you know where I live. So you could very easily do this to me. <laughs> so I had to bring you on for this episode. Rob, how's it going? Uh, you know what? It's uh, going pretty good. It's a lovely almost October day. I'm, uh, I have a candle lit. It's, uh, it's caramel scented. I enjoy it. I'm living life. I'm still rocking a vanilla scented candle that I kid you not. I've had this thing for like four or five months at this point. <laughs> It's like, it's one of the big ones that has the three wicks. It's like, it takes forever to burn down. And I just love that it takes that long. Yeah. Mostly because I don't like going and buying candles. I actually love it. I don't know why, but I have since I was like little. I don't know. I think it's part of me that just like, just doesn't want to go to Bed Bath & Beyond or wherever I'm going to buy a candle right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do they sell candles at Target? Probably. Yeah, maybe I'll start going there because it's easy. <laughs> Anyways, we're talking about the Hunchback of Notre Dame today. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Rob, like I said, you absolutely love this movie. This is kind of your pick. Um, you and I have wanted to do this episode for a little while now. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the age-old question. Rob, why do you like the Hunchback of Notre Dame? Uh, well, I want to start off by saying I think it is objectively uh probably one of the probably the sleeper hit of the of the disney renaissance um to me it's probably the best one of the lot second maybe only to beauty and the beast because that is you know just phenomenal um why i love it is it is so goddamn dark for a g-rated disney movie um i I, th- I think the best example of that is you know historically the hellfire scene and we'll get there but uh just the colors in the movie are a lot darker um the tone is a lot darker like the the main villain is probably one of the strongest disney has ever had and i think all of that comes together for just this just beautiful experience in my opinion i love how it looks i love how it sounds uh, the characters are really strong. The performances are really strong. It's just a full package for me. Yeah, I hadn't seen this movie in a while since I first seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, like, I swear we're always watching clips and songs and listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot that life. they just straight up address like all the problems with religion <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, personally, my favorite my favorite song in this um in this movie is "God Bless the Outcast." Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, fuck, this straight up just addresses every single issue I have with Catholicism. Congrats, guys. You did a really good, you, you just pulled a Martin Luther there and I didn't think you meant to. So well done for that. Not to mention that's just a beautiful last song. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Heidi Mollenhauer, for, uh, who is the singing voice for Esmeralda on that one. She did a great job. 
absolutely killed it. Yeah, the the thing that I will always stress with this with this movie in particular um, is how important sound is. Mm-hmm. Like sound is just a generally important thing in films. Like literally, there's a reason we move from silent films to talking to. There's musicals. Like sound is important. Yeah. Like I, I don't think I need to explain that. But I was watching this on my computer setup, which just has a shitty monitor. Is what I use. TV is what I use for uh, sound. I fully switched like to taking over my family's living room, playing it on the nice big speakers. Like <laughs> this movie requires that. It's just so yeah. damn good. Yeah. The the sound of like armor clinking, people walking on steps, the goat being a goat um notre dame as it's in flames the The sound design on this movie is phenomenal the bells yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's so cool and this is totally not a movie that they would they would try to make today uh no definitely not i'm honestly surprised they made it at all in a lot of ways yeah it really it kind of really is shocking considering like like we mentioned hellfire just the entire theme of hellfire was just oh uh Hor- hor- okay, well, uh, yeah, Frollo is horny on main right now. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you don't know how to deal with this. You are but a child. Mm. Well, right, let's jump into the, the facts really quick. Um, directed by Gary Trousdale and Kirk Wise. Produced by Don Han. Runtime of 91 minutes released on June 21st, 1996. Uh, this was a Buena Vista picture, um, which is not surprising given the that it's an animated musical yeah uh, pretty much all the animated musicals were buena vista i was gonna say the the earliest i can think of at least is sword in the stone so they've been doing it for decades at this point mm-hmm. um obviously not shocking this is pretty freaking obvious uh this movie is based off the hunchback of notre dame by victor hugo mm-hmm. uh and now for the big stuff budget of a hundred million dollars uh, and with a box office of three hundred and twenty-five point three million, uh, they made some it. money. Yeah. yeah, they fucking killed it. <laughs> um, the Hunchback of Notre Dame has gone off to do a lot of different things. Um, there's there's a bunch. One of my favorites though is that um, Quasimodo Esmeralda, uh, the the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Gargoyles. And Frollo were like all consistent appearances on House of Mouse, mm-hmm. particularly the gargoyles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh my god, I, I haven't watched. To bring up House of Mouse whenever I can. I haven't watched House of Mouse in so long, dude. What hurts me is that House of I don't think House of Mouse is on Disney Plus. It's not. That's why I haven't watched it, this and it's truly really hard to find. Um, this is my call to Disney Plus. I will be doing this every episode from now on. Put House of Mouse on Disney Plus. Do it, you cowards. I won't actually be doing this every episode because there's no way I remember it. Um, a couple other fun things about this movie. Uh, in January of last year, uh, a live-action remake was announced. A uh, script being written by uh, uh, David Henry Wang. Uh, apparently, Josh Gad, David Hoberman, and Todd Lieberman were set to produce. Uh, and I think Josh Gad was considered to play Quasimodo. I was gonna say josh gad producing that's surprising yeah, he produces a lot hmm. um yeah the title was the film was gonna be called hunchback 
I'm not sure if this is still happening, if this has been canceled. If if COVID has killed it or what. Regardless, it's it's a cool idea. And honestly, I could just do with more hunchback. Um, last thing before we really jump into it is that I just want to bring up really quickly. Uh City of Cloches, the City of Bells, is in Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. We'll talk about that more though at the end of the show. Nerd. What's even weirder though is that the there is a tie-in game to this movie. Um, released on PC and the Game Boy. The Hunchback oh of God. Notre Dame Topsy-Turvy Games. Is it just like a mini-game collection? It is. It's a mini-game collection based on the Festival of Fools. It is totally dumb, but I love that it exists. Uh, why? I, I need, I need my, I need to get my hands on this game. I will be honest. I feel like it shouldn't be that hard. Actually, I'm going to take back what I was about to say. This seems like the kind of game that you would actually be really hard to find. Yeah. A a mid nineties Game Boy game. And there's no chance it's going to be good. Oh, absolutely not. In just like bringing up literally bringing up just quick YouTube of it. The first thing I see is just a rip off of a uh, balloon fight. <laughs> well, if you're going to rip off, rip off a classic. God, balloon fight's awesome. Everyone go play balloon night. A balloon balloon night. Balloon night is what I'm saying. Oh. Guys, Shovel Knight has a sequel and it's Balloon Night. <laughs> it's the just the next next god knows how many of those. <laughs> Seriously, they pump those things out. All right, Hunchback. Uh, let's see, we've talked about that. We've talked a little bit about just why this is good. We've, we've kind of been mostly spoiler-free right now, so I feel like we're good on spoiler-free impressions. So why don't we just jump into the, uh, the plot? Yeah, so this movie starts with a woman dying. Yes, of course, <laughs> uh, each episode we go through the plot. We spoil the entire thing, talk about it for your amusement. So, if you don't want any spoilers, back off now. But also, this movie was released in 1996. I'm not sure why you'd be worried about spoilers for a movie released in 1996. Yeah. 2020. Um, Yeah, this movie begins with someone dying. Well, that's... That is not exclusively true. It does... So... I, I will say another thing. You know, I I forget who it was, but I probably Alan Menken um, said that like the the big thing with uh, a Disney musical is just absolutely nailing the first song and having that be the the big thing that really just you know hundred percent sets the tone for the movie. I think Hunchback of the of the Disney Renaissance movies. I think Hunchback probably does this best. Because it's it's the the bells of Notre Dame is uh, it's big it's theatrical it is you know just so substantial in its scale and scope and it encompasses everything sets up the story perfectly and I think is also probably one of the strongest songs in the movie. Yeah, it's also crazy this transition it has from the super dark like orchestral almost gospel sound with this first um this first song Uh, and then it goes into topsy-turvy yeah (laughs) which is the exact opposite 
my my favorite thing is the they have you know a, a choir for backing in the movie and they're actually chanting in latin so it adds this whole you know big because you know everything was in latin at that point but it adds this whole big grand uh sort of feel to it and then it, you're right it just it cuts back to Glopa, i think is how you say his name just being a street performer <laughs> yeah, talk about like underrated characters in this movie Oh, he's such a good narrator character. But like, he's more than just a uh, than just a narrator. Mm-hmm. Like, he brings the movie together. Like, he is like the the character that ties everyone together too. It's, mm-hmm. it's fascinating. Okay, back around. Let's actually talk plot. Uh, starts in fourteen eighty two Paris. Like we mentioned, Clopin uh, is our narrator. He's also a puppeteer and a pretty good one, if I do say so myself. Yes. Uh, a group of Romanians sneaking illegally into Paris and are ambushed by, you guessed it, Judge Frollo. Who, by the way, up until recently, I always thought it was Frodo, like Lord of the Rings. Because <laughs> that's just, my brain just auto-corrected that for some reason. Also, fun even, st- though, even though I've never actually seen the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. Also, fun fact, uh, in the original book, uh, Frollo was not a judge. He was a priest. And Disney changed it because there's no way they'd be able to get away with that. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the woman tries to flee with her baby, who is deformed. It is Quasimodo, of course. Uh, Frollo chases, just brutally murders her on the steps of Notre Dame. Um, he tries to kill the baby, but the archdeacon intervenes and stops him, saying that Frollo <coughs> has clearly killed the innocent woman. Because, um, like, <coughs> seriously... There's a dead lady standing at your feet. There's no one else around. Frollo is sus. Mm. <laughs> Frollo. <laughs> Frollo was the imposter. Um, I will say another thing. God, that's dark. How he's he literally just picks up Quasimodo, looks at it, looks at him, and just goes to drop him down a well. And to make this scene even worse, I needed to bring this up. So I paused the movie in this scene, and I paused it right when he mentions uh, the eyes of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Watching it. Those eyes on those statues are terrifying. Holy shit. They really are. <laughs> like, I just, I, I brought it up to the scene and paused it there, and I have to actually, like, switch off of it because it is, ugh. Do not like them. Like I said, they use darkness really well in this movie and like a really dark color palette. Yeah, they and they use it and the characters actually interact with it and are like actually afraid of it. Mm-hmm. God, we're just going to be raving about how good this movie is for the rest of the show now. Yep. Um, I should have been prepared for that. Anyways, yeah. Um, Frollo picks up the babies like a baby. No, a monster tries to kill him um, to atone for his sins. Frollo agrees to raise the child, uh, but in for some reason, this honestly, his decision here still makes no sense to me. Um, says, "I'll raise the kid, but you've got to keep him in the bell tower." Well, he he doesn't want him around him. He wants him as far away as he can. Like, I'm surprised he didn't like just shove Quasimodo in a dungeon or something. But because that's that, that's what his answer is for everything else in this world oh, the the archdeacon would not approve yeah either way um he names the 
the boy Quasimodo, which I think means like monster. Uh, it's like par partially formed or half formed or, or something like that. It's formed or it was. It's meant to be insulting. That's the mm -hmm. point here. Um, now we fast forward twenty years. It's fifteen oh two. Life is actually it's about the same in in France. Yeah, li life is fine. They're only about you know fifty years away from the plague. I think mm -hmm. there's a war happening, but it's, it has nothing to do with this area, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, Quasimodo is actually awesome. Like, who would have thought that this kid who had grown up completely isolated from the world would want to go see the world? But yet, here we are. Set, up, set up for every Disney protagonist ever, though. Yeah, seriously. Like, that that puts him in a box with, uh, with Belle, with Ariel, with Aladdin to some extent, Jasmine to an even greater extent. But Hercules. also, like, I totally understand right now. Like, I oh yeah, <laughs> I definitely get the feeling of wanting to get out of the get out of your world and go see another. Things I did, people I didn't expect to relate to in 2020. Quasimodo tops the list. Look, Quasimodo, and I'm just gonna throw this out there: is one of the most relatable characters Disney's ever made. Mm. <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. But yeah, um, Quasimodo has no friends, except for three gargoyles, Victor, Hugo, and Laverne, who legit, I still don't know for, if these were figments of Quasimodo's imagination, or if they were actually living. Like, yeah. it, they play it so well in this movie that you don't know that. Yeah, it's really well done in this movie, and it's done fucking horribly in the sequel. We don't talk about that movie. That does not exist. Uh, I I I gotta say, if you want to talk about just sheer dropping quality between original and direct-to-video sequel, throw throw it back to Beauty and the Beast again. I think maybe one of the Beauty and the Beast sequels is worse, uh, but Hunchback Two is a close second. I'm gonna say I don't think the Beauty and the Beast sequels were that bad, but isn't the Hunchback of Notre Dame Two just the same movie? Um, no, it's so much worse. It's literally just a guy wants to steal a bell that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's, that's, that's not good. You know what I'm thinking of? It's, so... it's a bell that has a bunch of gems on the inside. And yeah, yeah it's, it's, what, it's what's on the inside that counts. That's the moral of the movie. But why would you make that? If we're talking about bad Disney sequels, I got to bring up The Little Mermaid, Ariel's Beginning. God, I have not seen that movie since I was four years old and went over to a friend's house for a play date. Because it's even, literally nothing. I don't even remember that friend's name because that was like 18 years ago. Okay, bringing it back around to Hunchback. Yeah, Quasi's got his gargoyle friends. They're all hanging out watching the festival. But of course, Quasimodo wants to be down there. What is this festival? Well, it's the annually held Festival of Fools being... Hosted and ran by our boy Cloppin, who, who I'm sure I will say his name five different times, five almost, different ways in this episode. Almost undoubtedly. Mm -hmm. um, just as Quasimodo has like, summoned the courage to actually just go down there on his own. That's, of course, that's when Frollo shows up and is like, don't mm -hmm. you do it, bitch. <laughs> no. No. No, bad Quasimodo. Um, yeah, Frollo then does his thing, twisting um, Quasimodo's mind, and this begins out there. 
Also, can, can I just say, just before this, they have a scene where uh, they they go over the um, that Quasimodo reviews his alphabet. Oh, <laughs> My yeah. favorite thing. They just straight up uh, in in going through the alphabet. D is for damnation. I'm sorry. This is a G-rated Disney movie. Oh, but don't forget, Rob. E is for eternal damnation. <laughs> such a good game. Or such a good joke. I love that joke so much. Uh, but yeah, in that, he says F is for festival rather than forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And if I'm being honest, I kind of want to know what the rest of the alphabet was. Uh, God, God help us with what S stands for. Mm-hmm. Or honestly, I want to know what, particularly, I want to know what X and Z are. <laughs> Knowing Frollo, X stood for xenophobia. X is excommunication, even though it starts <laughs> with me. He just gave up and couldn't find another one. But yeah, uh, he does that. Quasimodo gets depressed and sad again, but finds that courage yet again and ends up going down there. Uh, talking about the scene a little bit more, though, outside of just story, the I, I said that um, God Bless the Outcast is my favorite song, but I think this is my favorite, like sequence with the song if that makes sense the cg they alongside it yeah the cg they do for notre dame is like surprisingly good for 1996 and then quasimodo's swinging around this thing like it's like he's spider-man like he just is killing it and it's beautiful with this look like we mentioned the cg but also just the shots of the city that are drawn Mm -hmm. and painted fuck it's cool and it's it's bright, it's colorful, it's a tremendous contrast to what we saw, you know, inside the bell tower where there's a lot where it's shadowy and dark, not very colorful. But he gets out and there's all these purples and oranges, and it's wonderful. I love it. It's it's really good. Um know- in the meantime, though, while Quasimodo's doing all of this, uh, we are introduced to Esmeralda, who in and Esmeralda, but we're also introduced to uh, Phoebus and Frollo's kind of just hatred of gypsies. Mm-hmm. Um, Phoebus coming into town has been brought back from the war. When he gets in, he sees this beautiful woman dancing. Yes, it's Esmeralda. Uh, she's making her money. And honestly, make, from how heavy that bag looked, making a good amount. Yeah. Um, dancing, for, dancing for change, you know. You got to work. You got to eat. Um, and this is a little bit more honorable than how Aladdin makes his money. Ever so slight. Well, Al- Aladdin doesn't make money. He just he just skips through. He just skips the middleman. Yeah, he does just go straight for the food. He just goes full of Jean Valjean and takes the bread. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, the I guess officers try to take the money away, saying that Esmeralda had stole it, stole it, and not earned it. They don't even say she stole it. She, they say, yeah, you probably stole it. Literally, what it's so perfectly timed. Out, it's, both is just explaining the racism here, but also just comedic timing of... They literally say, gypsies don't make money, they steal it. Yeah, it's literally just an exercise in racial profiling. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, completely obvious if you actually, like, are watching the movie and see, oh, there's a huge skin color difference in these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so yeah, so Phoebus steps for... in. I was just going to uh, say. His horse po- sits on one of them. 
<laughs> in in a quality joke. Yeah. Uh, just as they're about to just try to murder Phoebus, I guess is what they were going for there. I'm not really <laughs> sure what they planned on doing to him. And then he's just um, like, oh, wait a second. I'm your boss? No. He's like, yeah, I'm your boss. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, Esmeralda's kind of shocked by this, um, and she takes the money and runs off. We learn a bit more. Frollo talks with him. They're like, yeah, gypsies. he hates gypsies. And, you know, not, not only that, they talk to each other in a fucking torture chamber. Yeah. Where, where um, Frollo gives the advice to the torturer, wait between whips so that they feel the pain. Yeah, he's like, no, don't, don't space them out a bit. Space it out a little. God damn, this movie is dark. It's not a stop whipping him. He doesn't deserve it. It's do it more, but do it slower. Yeah. Stop whipping him so quickly. Like, it, they definitely make sure there is no redemption for Frollo. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they talk. He comes back. They're going through the city. Um... Phoebus gives some change to a beggar uh, who looks to be an old man, but it's actually Esmeralda using the goat to look like a beard, which is will never not be funny. And she does it all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not sure how no one's caught on yet. Anyways, it's now the Festival of Fools. Uh, Quasimona made his way down. Topsy-turvy. What a what a fever dream of a song. Yeah. That is it's something. I love this song. And it's but it's so hard to follow. Like my brain just pops. It's loud, it's over the top, there's all kinds of visual gags back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love that it's like it's half a celebration and it's half let's just fuck with Frollo. <laughs> like Frollo hates this festival. And we're just going to mess with him and make mm -hmm. him even more. This guy is clearly uncomfortable. We're going to make it worse. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Quasimodo is caught up in all of this and kind of freaking out. Um, rightfully so. Mm. Uh, eventually, Quasimodo gets thrown into um, Esmeralda's, I guess, changing room. Yeah, her tent or something. Mm -hmm. um, Esmeralda's kind to him. Says nice mask. Which uh, is amusing. <laughs> it it definitely makes when she tries to pull his face off that much better. Mm -hmm. uh, he goes about the thing. The song keeps on going. Um, the song then introduces Esmeralda and Esmeralda starts dancing. And you know that when she sees Frollo there, like everyone's been fucking with Frollo. Mm. But man, she's going to get some jabs in and <laughs> Frollo's not going to know how to feel. Uh, she dances for everyone. Then they are go to the point of crowning the king of fools. Um, something, something. Make the worst face that you can think of. Scare everybody. Yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Y'all know the song. If you're watching this or listening to this, I guess this is an audio podcast and not a video. Anyway. My God. Uh, everyone makes terrible faces. Um, and Quasimodo's just standing there. Yeah, he's just there like, mm. like, like he could have very easily not been on that stage. But I don't I also don't know how he got on that stage. He was just there. 
I think he just kind of got pushed up by the crowd by accident. Yeah. Um, Esmeralda goes to take off his mask, and sure enough, not a mask. Uh, it is him, and everyone kind of freaks out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we kind of see some of that hatred. My my favorite thing is how Clopin just pulls it back. He's like, "Hey, we wanted the ugliest man in all of Paris, and we got him." Don't I don't know what you thought. I don't know what you wanted. Look, A plus hosting skills on Clopin's part. Man like, is a just, flawless MC. Just fully turn it on its head. Um, yeah, Quasimodo gets named to the King of Fools, and Frollo is not happy in the slightest. Actually, kind of a dick about it. Um, that said, one of the uh, the guards decides to throw a tomato at him. Like, he's for no reason. Literally, literally, they didn't give no reason for him throwing shit at, at, uh, at Quasimodo. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone kind of joins in. Again, no reason. This all just happens. Honestly, I think that just Frollo's men were there to incite violence and, you know, fuck with the people. Yeah. Funny how relevant that is. Anyways. <laughs> moving uh, on. Yeah, moving on. I'll get my, I get my jabs in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they tie down Quasimodo and continue to throw fruit at him. At one point, Esmeralda stands up and stops it, freeing him. Um, and cleaning him up a little bit. Uh, he then goes into the uh, church. And uh, Esmeralda fucks with the guards a little bit more. Uh, I think there's, she said there's, one, there's nine guards and one of me. What an unfair fight. And then she kicks all of their asses. <laughs> what, what's a girl supposed to do? And I think she pulls like the disappearing magic trick. She does. She pulls that trick a few times. It's uh, an but she kicks one. her asses with the most style I have ever seen. Like, Aladdin, eat your heart out. Yeah, Esmeralda es- is the true best at running away from guards. Esmeralda for top Disney badass. Yeah, seriously. Uh, my particular favorite that she does, though, using the crowd, of course, is that she, the last two guards, she gives them, like, this pole thing, and they fucking take out Frollo. Mm-hmm. Pretty much whenever Frollo takes pain, I enjoy it. It's good. It's a good feeling. But yeah, she kicks their asses, does pulls another disappearing act, and um, goes into Notre Dame. Um, El Capitan... Uh, what the hell was his name again? Phoebus. Phoebus. I'm so bad with some, with like... It's always one character. Mm-hmm. There's always one character's name that I will forget. And Phoebus is the one I'm forgetting this this week. But yeah, Phoebus follows her inside and they talk a little bit. She's like, why did you follow me in here? He is just completely enamored with Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. As is, as are most men in this movie. Mm-hmm. The difference between him and all the other guys is he's actually a halfway decent human being. This is, this is an astonishingly horny movie the more I think about it. Dude, we already talked that Hellfire is just Frollo being horny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they talk. Um, they introduce themselves. They they come pretty close to kissing. Just right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Um, and that's when um, Frollo shows up. 
tries to arrest Esmeralda, but he cannot due to Sanctuary. Uh, Notre Dame is, in fact, a Sanctuary spot, so Frollo has no power within the four walls. Suck it, Frollo. Mm-hmm. You son of a bitch. And uh, I gotta say, I love the animation here. I love the animation in the sequence for no other reason than how fucking smug the priest looks as uh, as Frollo is leaving the building. Yeah, I, I underappreciated character. Uh, I fucking love the archdeacon in this movie. He is he kills it. But he and the arch the archbishop. Or Archdeacon. Mm-hmm. Archdeacon, yeah. Yeah. And Esmeralda have a talk. Of like, I can't... Esmeralda does not want to stay in these four walls. It's not good for her. But she can't leave because Frollo has guards at every door. He really, really wants to capture Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. I wonder why, he says sarcastically. So, yeah. She's trying to figure out a way out. And... The Archdeacon recommends praying on it. She does. And then that's when we get God. Um, God bless the outcasts. Or God I think help it's God the help the outcasts, isn't it? It's God help. I literally just corrected myself. Okay. Yeah, God help the outcasts. And let's, let's talk about this song for a second. Fuck the stained glass. Oh my god, the colors are so pretty! So good. Like, the shot, it's so good with, like, the shot of Mary holding baby Jesus. There's the stained glass. There's all of the people proceeding up to pray. And, like, all of their prayers being extremely selfish. We want fame, riches, attention, really. And Mm -hmm. hers, like, help the other people. I don't need your help. It's just so well done. It's just, it's just everything about this character is good. And so we're going to, this, I I think I've probably said this earlier, but this movie does a great job of marrying tone with animation, probably better than a lot of um, other Disney movies, because it's, it's, it's just so theatrical when there's, you know, when there when you're supposed to be feeling an overwhelming warmth there's a lot of warm colors when there's you know something dark sinister there's a lot of dark colors i really love being able to marry tone with visuals like that and again part of that is because i spent the better part of my life working in um in television and uh theater so <laughs> okay so we're biased yeah so i'm slightly biased but i love it nonetheless yeah, it really is impressive, the scene. Like I mentioned earlier, it's such a good representation of kind of what the church has become, both in terms of this movie, but very, very much also modern day. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to turn this into a Griffin rant about what's wrong with religion. but <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a video on our After Dark channel. That's a video that will never get released. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going to happen is just going to devolve too much yelling. <laughs> but yeah, this scene's great. Uh, eventually, I forget, the, I forget the actual order of events here, but she finds Quasimodo. Quasimodo finds her, something like that. Um, and Quasimodo is going to help her escape, but not before showing her his entire living space. Yeah. 
he's just excited to have a friend. And that, I think that's kind of the one of my favorite things about Quasimodo in this. It's like, yeah, like every other guy, he falls in love with Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. But he's so quick to just want that friend that he totally backs the fuck off. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, but yeah, I, d- d- I like it a lot, d- d- but I also like friend. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's interesting to me, like watching it, because at least the way I take it, is he understands love and he he wants to love but he does have what he thinks is a setback with you know how he looks Mm -hmm. and he blames everything on that like every like bad feeling bad emotion he has he blames on that and it's so Mm -hmm. interesting watching him struggle with that and fight that in this movie yeah, and we'll you know we'll get there with the ending, but you know there's a reason that his ending isn't you know saves the day gets the girl because that's not really what his his journey in the movie is. Mm-hmm. Quasimodo is you know just a much deeper, more fleshed out character than you know someone like Aladdin or Hercules, who they have their goal, they're good characters, and they get their goal, but. You know, the goal for Quasimodo is so just very different to theirs in a lot of ways. I'd argue also that this is a um, a more realistic role, too. Mm-hmm. Where it's, yeah, you're not going to be the hero who gets the girl in the end. Like, that's just, that's not really a thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, helping someone, making a friendship, well, that that is something you can do. And of course, Anyways, people... Shows... Oh, and of course, people weren't satisfied with that, and that's why we got a sequel that sucked. Again, straight to DVD, we don't talk about that. But yeah, he shows her everything. Uh, I love that all the bells are named like Maria. Yeah. And, like, this is Big Marie, this is Little Marie. Actually, fun story. Um, the government of France, for a while, actually had like really strong restrictions on what you could actually name th- uh, people. So, like, there were, for a while, only, a, like, a half dozen names in France. Because <laughs> that's just, that's how they named all of the different, like, characters that are just background characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one is Pierre. That one is Jacques. That one is Pierre. That one is Jacques. And there we go. This is, this is over. So, yeah. Um, Da-da-da-da-da. Esmeralda befriends Quasimodo. Um. Esmeralda's particularly impressed, not necessarily by the bells, but of Quasimodo's scale replica of the city. Mm, yeah, that is. I mean, everyone's got to have a hobby, which is like legit really impressive. Um, I love that he's like, no, no, don't look at those. Those those aren't finished, <laughs> and they're beautiful. They just mm-hmm. haven't been painted. God, that if that ain't the most like artist thing, I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> They talk, they have a good time, and Quasimodo realizes that he actually has a way to help Esmeralda escape. Uh, he is going to carry her while climbing down Notre Dame. What could possibly go wrong? Actually, this one goes pretty Actually, smooth, Actually, nothing. Yeah, they actually get down totally fine. Um, although I do like the line of Esmeralda. Have you ever done this before? Nope. No. 
but we're going to find out how it goes. So she runs off, good to go, and that's when Phoebus shows up at Notre Dame, climbing up the stairs to talk to Quasimodo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quasi's just not having it. Rightfully so. He kind of thinks he's evil. Mm-hmm. He, th- he figures he's on Frodo- Frollo's side. God damn it, I, you got me doing it now. I almost said yeah. Frodo. Joy in the dark side. <laughs> Join the side of fucking it up. But yeah, they fight. Phoebus just wants to make sure that Esmeralda knows that it wasn't his intention to trap her there. You know, he's actually, like I keep saying, a pretty good guy. Also, I think somewhere in here was, um, oh, what's the song? Heaven's Light? Mm-hmm. But I don't, if I'm being honest, that song is kind of lost in this movie to me. It's always the one where I forget there was actually a song there. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's, it's possibly because, uh, is it the very next song is... Um, Hellfire? Yeah, it, it just gets completely overshadowed. Yeah, it's in between the two best songs in the movie. A hard place to be, but, you know, there it is. It's still a good song, don't get me wrong. It's just kind of forgettable yeah. compared to the rest of them. Not bad. We'll get to the bad one. Which one do you think is the bad one? I just have never liked a guy like you. I'm trying to remember what that is. Oh, wait, is that the one of the the um the gargoyle singing? Yeah. Yeah, that entire song felt creepy and totally offbeat to the rest of the song. Or rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. We'll get there though. You are correct. So let's see, where were we? Esmeralda's escaped. Something, something, eternal damnation. I don't know. What we do know, though, is that Frollo discovers she escapes and immediately instigates a citywide fucking manhunt. Mm-hmm. Where he tries arresting and bribing gypsies. But you know what? There's honor among thieves. Um, And I gotta give props to all of these uh, people. Like, just, no, we ain't talking to you. We ain't yeah, telling you nope. shit. No, ne- never heard of her. Mm, nope. Could never be me. Nope. Oh, really? Who's, who's this person again? But yeah, she is, Esmeralda is also like kind of watching what most of this happens. Mm-hmm. Just kind of fucked up, Esmeralda. Like, you were, you were doing so good. <laughs> uh, the one that goes over the top, though, is at a little house in the countryside with a really be- beautiful windmill. Mm-hmm. Which, at this point, after I've, you've seen this movie once, you see that windmill and you know what's coming. <laughs> you see the windmill and you're just like, oh, oh no. Oh, shit. So Frollo um, questions the family inside. They say that they are innocent, but they will always open their house to any weary travelers. Mm-hmm. Good, you know, good, honest people. But Frollo places them under... Says he places them under house arrest until he determines what is really going on. And then he orders Phoebus to burn down the building. Oh, not not just that. He literally tells the family, house arrest, closes the door, turns to Phoebus, turns to Phoebus, looks at him and just says, burn it. And like it's brutal. And just the uh, uh, f- fucking points to Tony J, who's the the voice actor for Frollo. Because he just has the deepest, darkest voice possible, and it works perfectly. It is so good. 
but yeah, Phoebus, and like, just to make matters worse, Phoebus refuses, you know, because he's a good human, mm-hmm. uh, and then he just does it anyways. Again, he doesn't just say, no, I'm not going to do that. Frollo hands him a torch, and Phoebus just drops it in a, bo- a barrel of water. Mm-hmm. And then Frollo's like, wow, you just threw away your career. Yeah. That's to be you. All right, you're arrested now. Um, yeah, they do try to arrest Phoebus, but Phoebus, you know, beats the shit out of the guards because they suck. Mm-hmm. Like, they just cannot do their job. Uh, he runs off stealing um, Frollo's horse. And I particularly like the line here of, shoot him, but don't hit my horse. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. Uh, Phoebus is struck by an arrow, though, and falls into the river scene. Uh, where they pr- continue to shoot arrows at him. Yeah. Which I feel like I need to point out here. That might work with bullets. It's That's not, not going to work with an arrow. It's not overly effective. Like, you're literally just giving him, him, him ammo for later if he has a bow. Um, but I guess they do also consume, consider him dead at this point. But Esmeralda saves him and takes him to Notre Dame for refuge. Um, before, though, we see him, I think that's where we get the A Guy Like You mm-hmm. song. Which, yeah, like I mentioned, it's just creepy and offbeat. Mm-hmm. Totally tone deaf to what is happening at that moment in the story. Yeah, the, the gargoyles are okay, but like it was like of Disney's several efforts of take famous comedic actor put them in uh, in the role as a comic relief. It's probably the least successful. Like, Robin Williams is the genie. Great. Eddie Murphy is Mushu. A couple misses, but pretty solid overall. Yeah. And how can we forget uh, Phil? Oh, yeah. Uh, Our boy Danny. I was going to say, and Bobcat Goldthwait as, uh, I think he was Payne. But yeah, yeah. J- Jason Alexander as... Um, I forget if he's Victor or Hugo. It doesn't really matter, but yeah, yeah. It's just uh, it's not good. It, the, the song itself is fine. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work though. I think like the this... gargoyle. I think the gargoyles probably would have worked better overall if there was just one of them, maybe two. Mm-hmm. But meh. like my issue with this song in particular is like because we've talked about this a little bit. Like Quasimodo does love this person, but. Mm-hmm size on friendship and that's that is a very much an overarching theme for him in this movie Mm -hmm. and this song just ignores it yeah it just kind (laughs) of undercuts it entirely yeah it's like when i was watching it earlier today that it was like wait that that are you not going for the friend thing because i thought that's what you guys were doing here and it's like then she comes back and with him there is that contrast there of like quasimodo crying because she loves him but it's just it feels off a little bit to me also jason alexander gargoyle dressed in drag as esmeralda it haunts my nightmares oh that is yeah what... him alongside what was the joke i made on stream the other day gritty and the purple guy from the mcdonald old mcdonald's commercial haunt my nightmares mm-hmm. i think that's what i said so we'll add him to the list of terrible things yeah, that that man is my that thing is my sleep paralysis demon. But yeah, so like I mentioned there for a second, we get this big number 
Um, and they kind of convince Quasimodo to that he loves her romantically and not necessarily as a friend. And I think tell her as much. And then right at this point is when Esmeralda comes in with Phoebus in tow. Exactly. Um, she needs somewhere to hide him because he's been hit with an arrow and needs to heal. Mm -hmm. And then she kisses him. And they are clearly in love and it breaks Quasimodo's heart. I blame the gargoyles. Mm -hmm. um, now, I do actually like this scene, though, of him crying, still helping them. Because, um, again, like he puts it on his deformities, his insufficiencies, mm -hmm. not necessarily on anything else. Um, he helps Phoebus out, and Esmeralda takes off because Frollo is coming in. He hides Phoebus underneath the table, kicks him a few times to get him in there, but gets him there nonetheless. Mm -hmm. um, Frollo comes up, has lunch, pretends like everything's normal, but he knows that Quasimodo helped her escape. He puts the burning all the entire burning of Paris on Quasimodo. Blames that entirely on a 20-year-old who has been isolated from the world. So eh. he probably has the like emotional workings of a child. If if that, frankly. Like when we there's just some really fucking dark things in this movie. That might take the cake. Yeah, and for, yeah, Frollo's constant exploitation of Quasimodo is probably the darkest. Yeah. It's it's not good. Um so Frollo takes off it's like, I know what you did. Suffer. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it is brutal. It's like, he's not, I'm not going to do anything to you, but you see everything that's happening out there. It's your fault. Bye. Toodaloo. Have a good day. Au revoir. Um, at this point, Phoebus comes out. Oh, yeah. Halfway through, Phoebus started to wake up. So uh, Quasimodo knocked him out again by kicking him in the face. There were, yeah, there were some funny gags, I will admit. Yeah. Yeah, there are there are some bits here. But yeah, he wakes up shockingly without a concussion. Or actually, he probably did have one and just moved right on past it. <laughs> and they're like, we need to help Esmeralda. Uh, he ends up using the map. They fight a bunch throughout all of this, of course. Um, because neither of them real, really realize that all they both, either of them want is just to make sure Esmeralda's safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used the map that Esmeralda had given Quasimodo earlier. This necklace. When you hold this something, you hold the city in your palm by your what? hand. Woven band, I think, is the line. When you hold this woven band, you hold the city in your hand, or something along those lines. Yeah, that sounds right, because I know it was a rhyme. So we're just going to say yes. <laughs> so, it works. <laughs> uh, they go down there. They follow it down, and they eventually immediately get captured. I love this scene. I love just the people dressed as skeletons. God, I love the Court of Miracles song so much. And I love, it's just, it's all the people from the, um, from Topsy Turvy. It's all the people mm -hmm. at the Festival of Fools. And again, Clopin is being a phenomenal MC. Mm -hmm. But also, he's fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, just just throwing that out there like when he goes from judge to judge to jury to executioner i i love though when he dresses up as um 
Frollo. Mm-hmm. And he has funny. the he has the little hand puppet of himself dressed up as Frollo. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's really good. Or then he always was like the puppet's always fighting him. Yeah. Just just peak comedy. But yeah, they fight. This song is just awesome. Um, I forget how the line itself go, but the one I particularly liked is "Welcome to the Court of Miracles," where it's a miracle if you if you leave alive. Mm-hmm. It's just cool. Um, yeah, but they go to hang Quasimodo and <laughs> Phoebus because you know this movie wasn't dark enough as is. Um, Esmeralda stops it, saying that they're friends, and Clopin's like, "Why didn't you tell us? We did." Oh. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, yeah. why didn't they say so? We did say so. <laughs> I love that bit. It's it will never not be funny to me. It's one of those just classic comedy bits that just always works. Mm-hmm. So they warn everybody that Frollo is coming. He's going to attack at dawn with a thousand men. He knows where the Court of Miracles is. Everyone starts to pack up and run, and that's when Frollo actually shows up, mm-hmm. pointing out that Quasimodo and Phoebus had led him right to the Court of Miracles. For 20 years, he had been searching, and now he has found it, all thanks to Quasi. Again, just beating it over the head how much he manipulates Quasimodo. Again, a big oof. And also... In hindsight, at the very least, kind of obvious he did all this. Yeah, he he really like he really played Quasimodo really well. I mean, I get Phoebus is still injured and Quasimodo doesn't have much experience, but you'd think one of them would have checked if they were being followed. Yeah, yeah, true. But sure enough, they weren't. So, at this point, um, I think right before this was Hellfire. A bit before, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's let's take a step back and talk Hellfire. <laughs> it's your favorite. I thought it was weird that we skipped over that a bit, but yeah. Well, as far as story goes, it's like it's a great song. Don't get me wrong, but it's totally unnecessary for the plot. Mm-hmm. It's it's very much a in the vein of a musical where the song is not there to advance the plot so much as it is to be an expression of the character. Which, again, this movie does pretty well because, you know, if every you know, musical now has like this, let's get underway on the journey song. But uh, no, this is like, hey, this is what the character is experiencing. This is like the turmoil they're going through. They do that with God Help the Outcasts. They, again, they kind of do that with Heaven's Light, but it's just sort of overshadowed. Mm-hmm. What I like and, about this one in particular is the animations on mm-hmm. um, how they play with fire and with particularly the color red, mm-hmm. um, which is generally, especially in this case, associated with sin, mm-hmm. uh, red and black. It's such a fascinating thing. Like when the fire stretches out and it's like all the people in the red robes, mm-hmm. like that shit is cool. And that is beautiful animation that you can only do in a movie like this. Uh, Guy, more you want to talk about Hellfire or can I continue the plot? Um, 
No, honestly, we've just kind of touched on it back and forth across this whole thing. You just it's it's phenomenal. It does a great job of showing the 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 struggle that the character you know Frollo is going through, uh, with basically being horny versus him seeing himself as a an upstanding sort of you know pious uh, pillar of society. What we can determine from the song is that Frollo needs to go to horny jail. Yes. Also, probably actual jail. Well, yeah, that too. But I wanted to bring up, I, I already got an Among Us joke in here. I, I, I tried to force another another joke in here somehow. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he takes them all. He's prepared to burn Esmeralda at the goddamn stake if, he doesn't ex- if she doesn't accept him. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's okay. That's a little far, man. She said no. Take again. No. He literally burns the city and threatens to burn this woman because the man is horny on Maine. It's just, this is the point where Frollo goes from being like this really good villain to, oh, you're just a fucking creep. Yeah, he's he's just just no redeeming quality. This like hammers home there is just nothing redeemable about this man like you're just creepy it just you're you're just bad um and he does burn esmeralda at a stake yeah for what it's worth uh while quasimodo is chained up in uh the tower how the archdeacon let them do that is beyond me but Dude, five minutes after the scene, Frollo just straight up pushes past the Archdeacon. He does not care anymore. Fair enough. So yeah, Quasimodo breaks the chains, literally shaking Notre Dame. And kind of shocked that no one realized that Notre Dame was shaking. Yeah. Uh, Swings down there, saves Esmeralda, takes him back up. Holds her over his head and yells sanctuary. And fuck if this isn't the coolest scene in the movie. It really is. Again, scale, scope. This movie does tremendous things with them. And it's probably at its best here. And I mentioned it earlier in the um, God Help the Outcasts. But it comes back again here. The goddamn stained glass. Mm. I don't know if you heard it, but I was slamming my table there. (laughs) It is beautiful. And this one in particular is so good because you see it from afar throughout the entire movie. Mm -hmm. But despite all of our close-ups of Notre Dame, and trust me, there's a lot, (laughs) you never see this this spot. Like, they do a really good job of avoiding the spot throughout the story. So you come here, you have this big climactic moment and this gorgeous artwork contrasted by the fires below them and Mm -hmm. the stone of the building. It's gorgeous i love that i love that shit um at this point like you mentioned frollo don't give no shits no more mm-hmm. uh shoves back the archdeacon and just goes up there it straight up declares war on notre dame yeah it's like oh okay you have you've gone too far again like we thought you'd cross that line and apparently you're making more lines for you to crawl. It's kind of impressive, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do that. 
They do the thing. They're trying to break in and our boy Quasi and the gar- Gargoyles, who I'm still not sure are real, um, fight back. Doing a really good job, actually. Yeah. Um, for the most part, they're just straight up murdering these fools. But there's one particularly funny one where they build a cannon and then just shove it off the... <laughs> they just push it no, up. No, it's a, it's a catapult. I'm oh, sorry, a catapult, yeah. They're like, are you sure that's how it works? That's how it works to me. Yeah. No, it it misses. Are you sure that's how that works? It activates and flips itself onto a bunch of guards. It just, they just go, yeah. It, it's a good amount of com. It's enough comedy to kind of break up this fight a little bit. Uh, they're yeah. fighting, and like we mentioned, Frollo pushes past, going up there. Um, somewhere in here, Quasimodo checks on Esmeralda, and Esmeralda is dead. Dead as a doornail. Mm-hmm. Um, Quasimodo finds us out by trying to give her water. I wrote this with just a giant question mark in my notes. Of you're checking if someone's dead, so your answer is to give them water and possibly force them to wake up by drowning them. Yeah, it uh, it happens, man. Hey, she was just surrounded by fire. It's what I'd probably do. Yeah, it's one way to wake her up. Yeah. Um, eventually, she does end up waking up, though. Uh, but as Quasimodo is mourning the death of his friend, Frollo shows up and um, kind of tries... To, he tries to play that sympathetic card again. Like, mm-hmm. he's really trying to do that manipulation that he's so good at. But he forgets that fire puts off light, and he puts off a shadow. <laughs> he is undone by his own stupidity. Straight up tries to literally stab Quasimodo in the back. And Quasi's just like, nah, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Um, Quasimodo then has the chance to kill him, but says no. Um, he finally fights back, saying that you were the one who, you told me about all this darkness in the world, but it turns out the only darkness in this world is people like you. I mean, fuck if that doesn't hit home. Yeah. <laughs> um, at this point, Esmeralda wakes up. And, uh, you know, Frollo still kind of pissed. So he attacks them. They jump around. Uh, They're eventually hanging off of one of the gargoyle things. They do that. I forget how Frollo falls over, but he does. I think, I, he, I think he just I think he just slips on like the stonework or something. Mm-hmm. Um, And he. He grabs like this cloak thing that Quasimodo is also holding mm-hmm. um, saving him because uh, you know, Quasimodo he's not a murderer he's a good guy he, mm-hmm. like, he, this guy's terrible but he's going to save him anyways he actually is a hero uh, but yeah Frollo grabs onto a gargoyle because he doesn't trust it the gargoyle looks down at him uh, all evilly and stuff yeah straight up practically comes to life, passes judgment on Frollo, and breaks as Frollo is plunged into what, you know, symbolically, the pits of hell, literally a pool of molten lava, or molten lava, molten lead. What I like about this is, like, he quotes the Bible, or presumably the Bible that they are working with here, of, like, I shall cast them into a pit of fire. Mm -hmm. 
And then, sure enough, that's where he goes. And it's what happens. But I love this gargoyle. It's just straight up the Cave of Wonders. Yeah. Um, another thing I forgot to mention was just this entire scene as he's as there as Quasimodo is swinging from the different gargoyles and he's trying to kill them. Is Frollo's eyes and mouth turn orange in this scene? Um, I'm not sure if you noticed it, Rob. No. But yeah, he he his eyes turn his eyes and teeth turn orange from like the fire, like showing that like there is no more hope for him. Fro Frollo gone. Like he, he true evil. He is committed to the bit. He is just gonna die. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a cool, like just little little color thing that they're so good at in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Frollo dead now. Uh, Quasimodo is passed the fuck out. Esmeralda trying to bring him back up. Um, unfortunately, Esmeralda loses her grip. Quasimodo goes flying down. And just as we think Quasimodo is lost, Phoebus catches him from a lower floor. Mm-hmm. Also, this is the first time we've learned that there are multiple balconies on Notre Dame in this movie. Really wish we'd known about those earlier. Eh. Um. But yeah, Quasimodo's fine. Esmeralda comes rushing down, hugs him. Uh, Quasimodo takes both of their hands, puts them together. He's just happy for them. It's so sweet and loving. God, it just makes your heart full. It's just, is a good wrap up. But not as good. It does make your heart as full as the next part. No. Um, Esmeralda and Phoebus come out of the, out of Notre Dame. And everyone cheers for them. Everyone's happy. Like, you saved us. Esmeralda, of course, knows the truth and brings out Quasimodo, who kind of comes out begrudgingly. Like, last time he was out here, you know, they tied him down and threw fruit at him. It went poorly last time. Mm -hmm. So they leave the cathedral. They come out. Everyone's, you know, kind of starts as the same reaction. But a little girl comes up and hugs him. It's so fucking cute. Mm -hmm. Throughout the ages, Disney has just managed to make a little little kids in animation. Like you see them, and immediately you love them. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they keep doing it. Just a a nice full in the heart feeling. Uh, Quasi, she hugs him, and that's the end of the movie. Uh, Presumably, he's been welcomed into a into society. Mm -hmm. And this is sort of getting back to what I was saying earlier. This is the end point of, you know, Quasimodo's journey, you know, whereas with Aladdin, you know, someone like Aladdin or Hercules, it's, you know, get the girl, save the day. In this case, it's, you know, save the day and be accepted by society at large, which again, makes him feel like a much more grounded character because his, his goal isn't, you know, really at all selfish. It's Her- Hercules kind of has the same thing where he wants to be accepted, but he wants to be accepted but he goes about it in such a different way that I really like Quasimodo's version more. Honestly, the only character I see kind of being on the same level Quasimodo in this sense is actually Stitch. Yeah. Like, of just, oh, I found a place to belong and I want to belong there. Mm-hmm. It's a character that they don't really use all that much. Which is kind of surprising because it's such a good character. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, but I fucking love Lilo and Stitch. Oh, it's easily my top three. 
Mm-hmm. I think Lilo and Stitch is actually my number one. Because Hunchback's your, no, your, your favorite, right? Yeah. Not surpri- I'm not surprised by that with how much you and I have talked about it. But yeah, mm-hmm. we hit the end of the plot. So overall, I think it's safe to say we like this movie. Uh, yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> we just kind of raved about it for God knows how long. I forgot to start a timer on this. Yeah, I haven't really been watching. In typical me fashion. So there's one thing I need to do, and then we will do the final thoughts and wrap up. It is my favorite part of the show of is this game, should this game be in, or sorry, should this movie be in the game? <laughs> Welcome to my, your favorite segment, Rob. I hate you. Uh, this game is in Kingdom Hearts. It's in the one of the best Kingdom Hearts games. And fuck it, this, game, this world is not awesome. Because you literally get to parkour around Notre Dame. It's actually really cool. It starts off in the uh, the Festival of Fools. Hmm. But that's all I will say on that. Just that the world rocks and you all should love it. Rob, final thoughts on The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, it's phenomenal. The way it ties together uh, tone with animation, with characters... Uh, with music, with sound, with everything, just creates probably one of the most cohesive packages of any Disney movie. It has, you know, flaws here and there. Like I said, I'm not, uh, I liked the gargoyles a lot more when I was a little kid. Um, uh, we also didn't talk about what I know is one of our favorite things about this movie, uh, which is a character known as the old heretic, uh, who is the best running gag in this movie. Oh, yeah. He gets let out of a cage, walks around, I'm free, I'm free, and then gets stuck in a pillory. <laughs> and then after yeah. that, he gets freed from that and then falls in a sewer. <laughs> it yeah, really he, is. That, that guy's the, having a bad day. Mm-hmm. And we, we just, there's so much we didn't mention that we just, you can't and just in the limited time we have on a podcast of mm-hmm. him, like how awesome the goat is. Yeah, the goat's phenomenal. Or even just how the city of Paris is a character in of itself. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much to talk about here this is definitely a must watch on Disney Plus it really is so Rob we've, we've come to the end of the show here um, and it's my favorite part where I get to announce what next week's episode is oh um, we're, we're sticking in the Disney Renaissance next week we're talking about the Little Mermaid um, so uh. y'all stay tuned for that Rob thanks for helping thank, thank you Ooh, that was, those are words <laughs> thanks for coming on the show man where can people find you uh you know what over at uh if if you follow the uh the link that was shared in the stardew valley episode uh what did you title it Ro- rob sells out or something like that rob's shameless self-promotion i think it was rob's shameless self-promotion <laughs> yeah i'm over at uh twitch.tv slash rob no job but the o's are zeros i swear i'm going to actually start streaming more um <laughs> I have some plans for actual YouTube content over at, I don't remember, I want to say, I want to say it's just Rob No Job on YouTube too, but I'm not sure. Uh, And then Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Yeah, just Twitter actually, at Rob Yes Job. I'm funny sometimes. Not really. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Whoops. Um, you can also find Rob on our YouTube content at Just Another World on YouTube. Someday we'll have enough subscribers to get uh, that that fancy schmancy YouTube link. 
One day. One day. Yeah, maybe I'll just make a bunch of burner accounts. But yeah, you can find him there. You can find me there. You can find Kurt there. You can find all of us there. You can also find me on Twitter at GriffyDeepPad. Find this show particularly on Twitter at D plus us. If you're ever interested in coming on the show, that is the best place to reach out to us. Also, make sure to like, rate us, and review us on iTunes. Um, it really does help get the show out to more people. And I would love to see this community grow and grow and grow. With that, there is nothing else to say. Rob, thank you again for coming on. Of course. And thank you, everyone out there, for listening. It really does mean a lot to us. We love doing this, and I plan to keep doing this as long as I can. So, until next time, have a magical day.